love welcoming Dr. Hasrami to um, the sugar science. He is um, going to be speaking about uh, the role of the thymus in spontaneous development of a multi-organ autoimmune disease in human immune system mice. He's currently um, an assistant professor at the Department of Immunology at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. Um, and he comes from uh, doing a postdoc under the supervision of Dr. Megan Sykes at Ke uh, Columbia University. So that's that's quite a, a trek from New York in February to Arizona. So <laughs> it must be a nice uh, something new for you. Um, during his postdoc years, Dr. Kosparavi has um, worked on different approaches of inducing immune tolerance and transplantation and autoimmunity, including thymus transplantation and engineering of Tregs and hem hematopoietic stem uh, cells using humanized mouse models. He's worked on identifying the mechanism underlying the development of autoimmunity, uh, something near and dear to our hearts here with type 1 diabetes. Um, he's also, this is also including the role of thymus and lymphopenia-induced proliferation of T-cells. He's also used these models to study the development of human TCR repertoire in human thymus. And currently, uh, Dr. Hosravi's lab Research focuses on uh, one, developing chimeric antigen receptor or CAR Tregs with enhanced stability and functionality for inducing immune tolerance in transplantation and xenotransplantation, and two, studying Tregs in autoimmune diseases and applying engineering strategies to develop autologous Treg therapies for these patients. Um, welcome, Mosin. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'm very interested to hear about your work and uh, the laboratory you're setting up in Arizona. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for the introduction um, uh, and uh, thanks for the audience to join. I see some uh, familiar faces in the audience. It's good to, to see you guys. Um, so uh, <clears throat> so my name is Mohsen. I'm, uh, um, I'm going to talk about the role of thymus in the spontaneous development of a multi-organ autoimmune disease in human immune system mice. Uh, first, let me just introduce the model human immune system mice or more traditionally humanized mice uh, provides a platform for studying a variety of different human immune diseases. We can study, for example, basic immunology, the development of myeloid and lymphoid cells, hematopoid stem cell niche, timing selection processes. We can use these models to study autoimmune diseases like type 1 diabetes or a lupus infectious diseases, transplantation and xenotransplantation, and also cancer. Um, <clears throat> to make humanized mice or human immune system mice, you know, we can have um, uh, different sources of, uh, for example, thymus, and we can uh, have different sources of hematopoietic stem cells and antigen-presenting cells, um, different sources of T cells and different sources of target cells, like, for example, beta cells differentiated from uh, embryonic stem cells, iPS cells. So it, it gives us a variety of different choices to, to study uh, the immune system uh, of interest that we want. So the the uh, the model that ha we have been uh, using in our lab, in Dr. Megan Sykes lab, <clears throat> uh, one of the main models um, are the human immune system mice that are generated with human fetal hematopoietic stem cells. Um, with or without human fetal thymus. So these mice spontaneously develop a, a syndrome resembling autoimmunity at varying times post-transplantation, depending on, on the model that we use. So this disease is characterized by uh, weight loss, hair loss, 
enlargement of lymphoid organs and infiltration of T cells and other immune cells in non-lymphoid tissues. Uh, this condition, as you can see, the, the mouse that has this disease here, uh, this condition limits the experimental window for these mice, and uh, we don't know the main cause of the disease. So we try to investigate the mechanisms that drive this autoimmune disease in humanized mice. And as you can see here, we're showing the percentage of disease-free mice in humanized mice that have a human thymus versus the ones that have a mouse thymus. Okay, so um, um, first I'm going to show you how, how this disease looks like. So this is the histology of uh, non-lymphoid tissues in affected and non-affected mice. On the upper row, I'm showing the histology in non-affected mice. So you are seeing, for example, salivary glands, skin, liver, lung, and pancreas. And in the uh, lower row, you see uh, the same tissues in affected mice. As, as I mentioned, they are uh, infiltrated with immune cells. For example, in the skin, we have thickening of the epidermis and infiltration of immune cells into the dermis. Also in the liver, we see these uh, uh, patches of uh, immune cell infiltration in the lung. The alveolar spaces are, are filled with immune cells and even in the pancreas, although in the pancreas, it's interesting that the islets are, are kind of spurred, but the immune cells are infiltrating, infiltrating the, the exocrine parts of the pancreas. So these mice do not really develop type 1 diabetes, but they do, do have uh, other uh, infiltration in other tissues. That's so. Scary. Yeah, it's interesting. And feel just at this moment, yeah. I'm just going to say, if anyone has sure. any questions as we go along, please insert your questions into a chat, into the chat, or raise your hand. Yep. Um, so um, we have done some uh, immunofluorescence staining to see what what cells are really infiltrating these organs um, in these mice. So in the liver, for example, we do see infiltration of T cells, and macrophages. Um, in the spleen, we, when, when these mice have the disease, we do see uh, very enlarged multinucleated um, macrophage cells in, in the spleen. And also in the skin, we have the infiltration of CD4, CD8, uh, macrophages, and even uh, some B cells. And um, uh, looking at the cytokines in the serum of these mice, um, we have um, uh, a little bit higher levels of TNF but it's not significantly more, but interferon gamma is significantly increased in the serum of mice that are affected and have the disease. Um, looking, at, looking at the uh, phenotypes of T cells in affected and non-affected mice. So first of all, um, we have higher levels of T cells uh, in, in the spleen, bone marrow, lymph nodes, and even in the skin of these mice that are affected as compared to non-affected mice. They have much higher levels of T cells. And these T cells, both CD4s and CD8 T cells, uh, the majority of them, are, when, when the mice are affected, are not naive anymore. So we, we lose a population of naive CD4 and CD8 in different tissues. And the majority of these T cells are now becoming effector memory um, cells, again, in, in across different tissues of these mice. Um, so one question was whether this is a, uh, so it looks like T cells are, are um, um, uh, driving the disease here. Uh, however, we didn't know whether it's clonal disease or, uh, or a few clones of T cells are affecting different tissues. So we did single cell sequencing of T cells uh, derived from different tissues of th these mice. 
and we do see that certain clones of T cells are highly expanded. So I'm, I'm for example, showing pancreatic islets, skin, liver, spleen, and native mouse thymus of these mice. And, and, and um, uh, these colored uh, uh, areas, each one of them show one clone of T cells based on the TCR alpha and beta, and that uh, is highly expanded and are actually shared between different tissues. So certain clones of T cells in these mice are highly expanded and are affecting uh, different tissues that are targets of the disease. However, in the grafted human thymus, we do not see these highly expanded T cells. So grafted um, as thymus CD, single positive CD4 and single positive CD8 contains a lot of um, um, uh, T cells that are not expanded. Um, so we wanted to study the role of thymus in, in development of the disease. So before studying that, we had to develop a rapid method for removal of native mouse thymus because uh, we knew that native mouse thymus, NSG mice we use usually for these models, uh, do support human thymopoiesis. So in order to, for example, when we want to transplant a human thymus to have uh, human T cells only develop in human thymus, we have to remove the native mouse thymus. So we, we did develop this model, which provides us a good tool to, to study uh, human thymopoiesis only in human thymus or any other thymus. And using this model, uh, this, this uh, surgical uh, method, we uh, developed three different models of humanized mice. Um, so humanized mice that have no thymus, so in order to do that, we first remove the native mouse thymus, irradiate the mice, and then inject them with um, human fetal liver CD34 positive hematopoietic stem cells, and then follow these mice uh, with um, checking human immune cell reconstitution, and finally euthanizing the mice at the end of the study. Um, to study the mice that only have human thymus on board, we still we again remove the native mouse thymus, do the same procedures. However, we also transplant these mice with autologous uh, human fetal thymus. So these, we, we cut these human fetal thymus into small pieces of one to two millimeter cubic and transplant them under the kidney capsule. And we also take some measures in order to remove the, the pre-existing thymocytes um, uh, from, from these mice. So the majority of T cells that develop in these thymus are, are newly developed T cells that come from the hematopoietic stem cells. And the third model here um, is when we uh, study the, the disease in mice that have mouse thymus on board. So we do not do any thymectomy in this model. We just leave the native mouse thymus there, uh, but do not transplant any human thymus. So when we compare and follow these three models of humanized mice, we do see that mice with no thymus do not uh, develop the disease. So T cells are absolutely required for this autoimmune disease to develop. Uh, mice with the mouse thymus have a faster disease development as compared to the mice with the human thymus. So uh, we wanted to see why, why is that and why <clears throat> having a human thymus on board uh, kind of delays the disease as compared to the mice that have only murine thymus. So first we looked at the, the structure and the histology of native mouse thymus and human grafted human thymus. So when, when we transplant uh, human thymus under, under the kidney capsule, it becomes like this, almost the size of the kidney. So it grows a lot as compared to the native mouse thymus, which is 
uh, very small and vestigial. Um, so if we compare the NOD uh, thymus, the right lobe and the left lobe of the thymus, it's much larger than the NSG mouse thymus. So NSG is, is on the background of NOD. So NSG mice is NOD mice that have that are skid and have common gamut chain um, that are common gamut chain knockout. Um, so they have much... a, excuse me, was that a surprise that it grew mm -hmm. so large? So this or is the normal size of the NOD mouse thymus. So it was a surprise. When you know the grafted, um, you said it, it grew much oh, it, larger. Oh, do you mean the human grafted human thymus? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's what we usually see. So okay. uh, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, no, that, that that's usual. I mean, but when when we transplant these these thymi under the kidney capsule, they're very small, actually much smaller than than the native mouse thymus, but uh, but they grow a lot, um, and it's only uh, specific to fetal thymus. So if, if you transplant postnatal thymus, it does not grow that mm -hmm. much. So that's actually another uh, interesting story that our lab is is uh, pursuing, but. Um, we use human fetal thymus because we know it grows and it supports. And when, when you look at the structure of these grafted human fetal thymus, you do see the these different areas of uh, thymus. I mean, the cortex, the medulla, fossil carpocells. So it actually forms a very well-structured human thymus. Mm, that's fascinating. And Yeah, and even the uh, immunofluorescent staining shows, for example, we, we checked HLA-DR, cytocratine 8 and cytocratine 14, Cytocratin 8 mainly um, characterizes the areas that are uh, uh, cortical areas of the thymus, and where, where, while cytocratin 14 um, mainly uh, shows the, the medullary areas plus the HLA-DR. So the same... When well, um, one last question. We have one question yeah. in the chat. What is the difference in thymus size in comparison to B6 mice? NSG doesn't have an immune system. <clears throat> Can you um, field that one? Um, sorry, the, as compared to black six mice, you said? Yeah. What is the difference in thymus size in comparison to B6 mice? NSG doesn't have an immune system. Right. So the, the NSG mouse thymus is very vestigial and very small. I don't know the comparison between NOD and B6. I believe both of them are big and similar size. But um, since the NSG, I mean, there is no development of um, T cells, murine T cells in, in this um, NSG mouse thymus. But when we transplanted with human thymus, with, with human hematopoietic stem cells, there will be human thymocytes developing in this mouse thymus, but still it does not develop a very well-structured. So this is, for example, one NSG mouse thymus, the native mouse thymus that has human thymocytes, but still it does not form the, the cortical and medullary areas that we see, for example, in grafted human thymus. So, um, and then when we stain, for example, for, um, for cytocratin 8 and UEA1 is a marker of MTEX. So we do not see actually any MTEX in, in these um, native mouse thymi uh, in, in NSG mice, as compared, for example, to NOD mouse thymus that shows the areas of, for example, these areas are medulla <clears throat> that contain UEA1 positive cells. But in, in NSG mouse, we don't see them. So looks like we don't have really a, a, um, a well-organized uh, um, structure here, uh, but the, the percentage of double positive and single positive CD4 and CD8s are very similar between uh, um, grafted human thymus and native mouse thymus. However, the level of Tregs are lower uh, in the native mouse thymus as compared to grafted human thymus. So looks like uh, <clears throat> there is some lack of 
uh, um, structure here and we hypothesize that this lack of structure might lead to uh, leakiness of these native mouse thymi to autoreactive T cells and probably that's why that uh, these mice develop a faster disease <clears throat> in, uh, in humanized mice. So to test that, we uh, developed, we used a system that was previously developed in uh, Dr. Crusoe's lab, um, which uh, in, in, in our center. So um, he has uh, previously developed these, this model with MART1 TCR uh, uh, transduced hematopoietic stem cells and, um, and, and also transducing hematopoietic stem cells with MART1 peptide. So before transplanting the hematopoietic stem cells to these mice, we we uh, transduce them using lentiviral vectors. We transduce them, uh, half of them, with MART1 TCR. So this is an HLA A2 restricted TCR that recognizes the the melan A antigen or MART1, and and the other half of hematopoietic stem cells we trans we either transduce them with the MART1 peptide or or um, uh, did not transduce them. So we wanted to see uh, what happens uh, to the selection of this TCR if the, the cognate peptide is presented in the thymus. So we were expecting that uh, the presence of the peptide leads to negative selection of this, this uh, TCR. So we tested this system, this model, in, in native mouse thymus versus grafted human thymus and then looked at uh, double positive uh, thymocytes, single positive CD8s, and single positive CD4s, and, and stain them with the tetramer that detects the MART1 TCR. So in the absence of MART1 peptide, uh, this TCR is positively selected in the grafted human thymus. So it is positive in double positive and single positive stages. However, when the peptide is presented in the thymus, by transducing the hematopoietic stem cells, the dendritic cells will take up the peptide and present it to the thymocytes in the thymus. We do see that this TCR is negatively selected. So we have an absolute um, uh, deletion of MART1 TCR T cells in the grafted human thymus. However, when we look at the native mouse thymus, uh, it's not the case. So in, in, the, in the presence and absence of the um, the, the MART1 peptide, we still do see uh, MART1 TCR transduced, uh, MART1 TCR T cells present in, uh, in, in the native mouse thymus, which shows to us that this lack of structure in the native mouse thymus uh, leads to lack of negative selection of this TCR, even in the presence of the peptide. So that, <clears throat> that supports our hypothesis that uh, the lack of structure in the native mouse thymus leads to leakiness of native mouse thymus and potentially could lead to the autoimmune de development. Can I so, just ask, do you right. see in, in humans that progress to or that are at risk for autoimmune a disease like type 1, <clears throat> with H, you know, they have the HLA risk factors, is there any kind of disorganization in their thymus? in any of the tissue yeah. um, samples that are seen? If, if there's, you know, this is prior to what, like 10 years old because the thy thymus disappears. Right, so I believe we, um, we still don't know the answer as far as I know, um, and, and not a lot of studies have been done. And I believe that's the, the field of study that requires more investigation. 
Um, and it's a little bit difficult because you cannot really sample the thymus. Um, the only way to analyze the thymus probably is with a sonography to test uh, maybe the, the size of the thymus. And also the other thing that we can do is to measure the level of recent thymic immigrants in, in the periphery of those patients. Um, <clears throat> there are some, um, um, some suggestions in, in the literature that in certain autoimmune diseases, uh, including type 1 diabetes, uh, there is lower uh, levels of recent thymic immigrants in, in the peripheral blood of these patients, suggesting that there might be some differences in the size or structure of, of the thymus. Um, uh, but um, probably humanized mice actually provide a good uh, platform for studying this, um, uh, this question. Actually, our lab is is currently working on, I mean, like Megan Sykes lab is currently uh, has, and also Dr. Crusoe that they are working on this to, to study the role of thymus in, in type 1 diabetes specifically uh, with yeah. the project under the head. No, that's fantastic. It's a great model system. And uh, yeah. as you know, Stan Wang in Boston just launched his company Thymune um, with some other, with some ideas in that same kind of vein. So it really, it, it's kind mm. of interesting that the thymus is, coming back, not coming back, but getting more attention, more love these days as a, as a potential target. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so we hypothesized that, um, I mean, we, got, we were wondering what is, what, why is that the, the native mouse thymus in, in NSG mice have, um, uh, have this, this problem, a lack of structure. So one hypothesis that we had was that maybe and lack of interaction, early in, in life interaction of hematopoietic cells and the, the thymic epithelial cells um, might be the reason that uh, these thymi do not form a very well a structure um, uh, because we know that thymic, thymic epithelial cells require interaction with hematopoietic cells and thymocytes for fully uh, developing functional thymic epithelial cells. So, um, so we decided to study uh, whether injection of hematopoietic stem cells at the neonatal stage versus an adult stage might make any, any difference in, in development of the disease and formation of a, a native mouse thymus structure. So we injected uh, hematopoietic stem cells in the neonatal stage two or three days after birth versus in the adult stage six or seven weeks after uh, after birth of these mice and, and compared the disease development. And we found that uh, injection of uh, neonatal injection of HSCs um, uh, to some extent or significantly uh, delayed the, the disease development in these mice. However, the, the number of thymocytes was not different between these two groups. And, and when we looked at the structure of native mouse timing in, in these two groups, it was not really different. And still, uh, injection of hematopoietic stem cell in the neonatal stage did not uh, um, uh, make the structure any better. So probably it's not the early interaction. Um, so we have our, our own hypothesis regarding that that I will say at the end. Uh, the other thing that we did to test the mechanism in this model was to test whether um, uh, presentation of mouse antigens by murine MHCs is, is contributing to disease development, or whether it's an indirect presentation of mouse antigens by human APCs that can drive disease, the disease. To address this, we uh, studied the disease development in pure NSG mice versus NSG mice that are 
um, knocks out for murine MHC class one and class two. So in this model, there is no murine uh, MHC present there to, to present mouse antigens. So um, if the disease was delayed in this model, it showed uh, it could show to us that um, the presence of the presentation of antigens by, by murine MHCs is driving the disease, but that was not the case. So the disease development was very similar in NSG mice versus uh, NSG mice that are uh, knocked out for murine MHC class one and class two, which is showing to us that the major driver of the disease is the indirect presentation of antigens by human uh, antigen presenting cells, not murine uh, MHCs. So in conclusion, um, uh, lymphoid and non-lymphoid organs of affected mice contain mainly memory type human T cells. Both CD4 and CD8 T cells become activated and infiltrate the target organs. Thymus is required for autoimmunity development in this model. Mice with human thymus showed delayed onset of the disease and longer survival compared to the ones with the murine thymus. The native uh, thymus in NSG mice uh, uh, do not develop a normal structure, which leads to impaired thymic selection. Neonatal injection of human hematopoietic stem cells delays the disease, but does not allow normal mouse thymus structure to, to develop an indirect presentation of mouse antigens, but by human dendritic cells can drive the disease. So just I wanted to say at the end uh, what, what we think uh, is probably the real reason that these mice do not, the NSG mice do not form uh, a very well structured uh, murine thymus is uh, uh, probably due to the lack of common gamma chain and IL-7 signaling because we know that common gamma chain is required as part of the, um, the, the structure for IL-7 receptor as well. So these mice do not have IL-7 uh, signaling, and we know that IL-7 signaling is required for um, for uh, uh, tissue inducer cells that uh, are the precursor cells for formation of lymphoid organs, lymphoid tissues, including uh, the thymus. So that is our current hypothesis that probably lack of IL-7 signaling is is the uh, the major driver of this this condition in these mice. So uh, I think I'm gonna end. The uh, presentation here. I had another story about lymphopenia induced proliferation, but I don't think we have enough time and uh, to, to discuss it at this point. Hopefully, in the future, we can discuss that story as well. Uh, at the end, I would like to uh, to thank my uh, previous mentor, Dr. Megan Sykes. Um, uh, which, uh, it was great to work in her lab for a couple of years, and uh, my colleagues in the lab uh, that are listed here and other labs at our center in CCTI, uh, the lab of Dr. Winchester and Dr. Remy Crusoe, and our flow cytometry core, and also the funding agencies that helped us uh, do this type of research. And um, as you mentioned at the beginning, I have uh, currently moved to, recently moved to Mayo Clinic. Actually, I started my work here last week, and I'm uh, currently looking for uh, two postdocs. Um, um, so we are looking we are in the Department of Immunology at Mayo Clinic, Arizona. So we want to have two um, um, enthusiastic postdocs to work in the field of transplantation and autoimmunity. Uh, as you mentioned, we are working on chimeric antigen receptor or CAR T-Rex uh, in, in transplantation and xenotransplantation. We are using these humanized mouse models that I explained uh, to study the rejection in humanized mice and testing 
this CAR T-Rex for prevention of rejection. And in the second study, we are um, um, characterizing regulatory T-cells or T-Rex in patients with autoimmunity. And we want to see if we can um, later do some genetic uh, manipulation and corrections to uh, uh, to develop a autologous T-Rex therapy for patients with autoimmunity. Um, thank you very much. Those uh, projects look really exciting. Um, and uh, we are posting them on our uh, jobs board at the Sugar Science. So hopefully people will uh, take a look at that and apply. Um, I wanted just to clarify, are you in Phoenix or Scottsdale? I know the Mayo Clinic is in both yeah. locations. So the lab is in Scottsdale. So Mayo Clinic here has actually two sites. So the, the research campus is, is mainly in Scottsdale, but there are uh, research labs also in the Phoenix campus. The Phoenix campus has the big hospital there. Um, um, there's a lot of collaboration between the two sites, but we are located in the Scottsdale campus. Scottsdale is beautiful. So that's beautiful. fantastic. <laughs> the, um, I have one uh, comment here from the audience. Great talk. Have you tried mouse fetal thymus <laughs> transplantation is the question. Yes, actually, I, I tried um, a, a B6 um, and NOD mouse thymus transplantation. Unfortunately, due to the technical issues, we did not succeed at the time because, um, again, you need to have around day 14 uh, was the, uh, in, in the literature was shown that uh, thymus, you, you need to take it at, at, I mean, the embryonic stage, day, day 14. That's the time that you need to take the thymus, murine thymus to transplant. And there are some uh, uh, videos in the literature that we tried to replicate that and get the thymus. So it's very small and there are a lot of tissues that are very similar to the thymus. So we, we harvested some thymus transplanted, but unfortunately they did not grow and support thymopoiesis. So that was the issue. Um, uh, but we, we, we needed more expertise in in doing those type of types types of um, transplantation, murine thymus transplant. Okay, well, perhaps um, you know that's on the menu maybe for the future in the yeah. <laughs> Osravi lab. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very nice uh, speaking with you. Uh, fascinating work and really, um, really two exciting projects for for some postdocs to come and uh, dig into. So hopefully you'll be you know, getting some applications soon. And uh, so I hope you have a great rest of the day and thanks again and uh, wishing you all the best. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you and uh, all the audience for joining us.